listening to another powerful message from C3 Southwest Washington. We are so excited you're here with us, and we believe God has more in store for you. Okay, while you're standing, uh, I want to read this verse to you. Don't be seated yet. We're going to actually uh, circle things back a little bit differently than I normally would, but this scripture, as we talk today along the idea of don't waste that shake... Anybody here you've ever been shaken? I'm not talking about by your parent. I'm talking about have you been shaken in your life? Amen. Some of you are like, well, that's not appropriate. Well, stick around. There will be a list, okay? Um, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is, things that have been made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken will remain. There's a shaking, shaking going on. And it's, it can be used to your benefit if you understand what's actually going on. To remove the things that shouldn't be there so that the things that should be anchored are strong, right? goes on to say, let us therefore be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. The kingdoms of this world will be shaken out of place, but the kingdom of heaven will be established for all of eternity. Amen. goes on to say, and let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Now, I want to pray for everyone uh, who finds their life right now at this moment being shaken. And I know that world events and maybe some of the circumstances of life right now, for some of you, it's not an admission of any type of weakness. Life will shake you up. Amen? And what I want to be able to do is I want to be able to pray first so that as we get into the outline, as we talk about some of the biblical principles, your mind will already be set. I've been prayed for. I'm ready to go. I'm going to push through this thing for good purpose. Amen. So how many of you inside of uh, the auditorium this morning, you'd say, yeah, I'm experiencing some serious shaking going on in a couple of areas of my life. Amen. Okay. Just keep your hand up for a minute. Well, look out. I want to be able to pray for you. So do me a favor. You know, I love you and I'll step back. I don't have any plans to spit on you when you come up here. But if it happens, it's, you know, say, you just trust it's God's anointing or something like that, and you can fumigate afterwards. Do me a favor, come up and stand up here in the front. I just want to be able to pray over you, okay? And I want to be able to just pray a prayer blessing over you. And uh, come on, make your way up here. There's a few more of you than I expected. Maybe some of you are like, I don't know, there's no room up there. I'm not coming. <laughs> Jacob, come on, pull up, okay? Um, do me a favor, just check, just check something real quick, right in here in your neck. This is somewhere in here is your jugular vein. I just want you to make sure you got a pulse, okay? Okay, so understand this. You got a pulse. Everybody here, you've got a pulse. Because if you don't, we've got some medical people who will help you. Do you have a pulse? Okay, as long as you have a pulse, there are gonna be moments of shaking. It is not a measurement of your spirituality or your character or how much God loves you. When shaking happens, The ultimate reason why is this right here. Oh gosh, I'm still alive on this earth. Everything in this earth is going to fight against the good things that God has for you, and there will be a shaking that comes, okay? And I don't know all of you, but I know a lot of you, and I know some of of you, the circumstances that you're facing, the shaking that's happening. And some of you are experiencing a shaking from the direct attack of the enemy. And it's a reality. And you're experiencing that. And you're watching your physical health be attacked, family's physical health. But I'll say this also, that there are times when there's a shaking that comes from God that becomes incredibly valuable to lead you to a better spot than where you stand right now. I mean, this whole verse is God saying, I'm going to shake. 
And there's a value add to that. Now, there's also some shaking that will happen that comes through other people. And some of you are standing up here this morning and there's a shaking going on in your world because there's somebody who's, who's opposing you or somebody who's, who's pulling away or somebody who wants something that you have and you're experiencing a shaking as a result of them. And then there's the rest of you, you're just experiencing what I call the shaking of this world, the fact that we're trapped in a fallen world, though we're in the kingdom of heaven, we live in the kingdom of this world. And again, everything in this world will fight against what God has for you. You know, you could be shaken when you've got a deadline to get to work and you get a flat tire. I mean, that can just rock your world, right? And who do we blame for the flat tire? Is it God? Is it the devil? Is it a friend? No, it's, it's usually just there was a nail in the road. And why did this happen to me? Because you're stuck in this world. Understanding what the source of your shaking is is really, really important. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But I want you to know that you can use this shaking regardless of the source for your best outcome. Never waste a shake. Never waste opposition. Never waste an opportunity. Never waste a good punch in the face. Allow it to bring something out of you that is heaven sent and allows you to step into the good things that God has for you. Because I don't care what the source of the shaking is, God will use it if you place it in his hands for your better outcome every single time. That's the promise of God that we see in Scripture. So I want you to lean forward. Well, <laughs> lean forward kind of metaphorically. And we're going to pray over you for the shaking you're experiencing, that you can have this same physical posture and you can carry the same spiritual posture. Lord, I don't want to waste this opportunity. This is an opportunity from God. And you're going to do some great things through this moment. Amen? Come on. Come on. Convince your face. Convince your face of your posture. Yeah, I'm leaning. No, no. God, are you following Jesus? Amen? If you're following Jesus, he can lead you through this in a magnificent way, and he can redeem even what the enemy is trying to do. Amen? Okay, big smile. God's for you. He's not against you. Father, I pray over every single person in this altar. I pray against the attacks on physical bodies. I pray attacks against families. God, I, take, I pray over attacks against the mind, where in our minds, these things would become bigger than they should be. God, I speak peace over families that are torn apart and there's someone in the family causing all kinds of chaos. We speak peace over those things, but we pray that forward-leaning posture over the rest of the family as they navigate forward, pursuing after your best. God, we pray a blessing over every person in the altar. Job situations where there's a shaking. Marriages where there's a shaking. Father, family situations that are strained because not everybody is aligned to spiritual things. And some are pushing forward and some are holding back. And Lord, I pray, God, that you will allow us to lean forward in the process, to embrace, God, the purpose. Because even when the enemy attacks, God, you can use all things for your good purpose. And so I speak a blessing over your people. I pray that as they make their way back to their seats in just a moment, God, there would be this clarity. And actually, not a, not, a, not a leaning backwards fighting this moment, but a leaning forward to pursue after your good purpose. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Now, for those of you, before you go ahead, give, give the Lord a hand because we... It's, I think it's like an unspoken rule that we got to clap at the end of everything. We're not sure what to do. I want you to look at the person next to you here in the altar. I want to say, God is for you. Come on, look at them in the eye. God is for you. Okay? 
Say, look at them again. Say, God is going to help you. God's got good things up ahead for you. Okay. Jamie's going to give you the wisdom to reach out for those things. Amen. Come on, tell the person next to you. Well, don't, if it's not Jamie next to you, don't use Jamie's name on, on them. You are going to win. Come on, say it to them. You are going to win. Amen. Okay, high five again the person next to you. High five somebody as you get back there to your seat, and we'll just dive in on our message. And I just love this scripture there in Hebrews. And uh, this is not a series, but we'll, we'll dive into this material. <coughs> Excuse me. We'll dive into this material uh, today. How many of you, you're kind of shocked that Thanksgiving is this week? I feel like Methuselah, or, or I feel like, who's it, Rumpelstiltskin, the guy who, like, was I asleep and like some years went by? Was, didn't we just have Christmas? I mean, not that there can ever be too much Christmas. How many of you are enjoying the decorations? We give that, we appreciate Trisha, and I think Abby was involved, and some other people, and a big team of just rock stars making this place look beautiful, and just from me to you, you can never set up your Christmas tree too early. Some of you would argue otherwise. Don't make me pull the car over. Okay, so moving forward. Okay, so... Uh, I've already alluded to much of the content here. I've kind of preached a mini version of the message, but as you look at this portion of Scripture, don't waste the shake, you're all going to face shaking. In fact, shaking is guaranteed. It's, one, it's my first point. It's really what you need to understand is in your lifetime, there's going to be a shaking that comes against you. And a lot of times in our mind, we think that uh, the favor of God allows us somehow to navigate around all shaking or to avoid all shaking. I don't know about you, but when, if that were true, I would look at Jesus and he would have arrived on the wings of angels, born into the, a perfect palace, and he would have done a transaction while uh, he was working out our salvation, and they would have thrown him a parade and ushered him into the throne, and he would have sat aside the top of the throne, and he would have shared his love for all humanity, and everyone would have celebrated him, and we would be living in the perfect world right now. But your spiritual standing with God, your spirituality, uh, God's touch on your life is not an indicator uh, or it does not promise a lack of shaking. In fact, when you look at Jesus' life, it's much to the opposite, right? And he also told us that in this world, you're going to have some trouble. You're going to have some pushback. In all of your pursuing, even after Jesus, you are going to have some pushback. Now, there's a big difference between the pushback you'll experience and the person who does not have their feet in the kingdom of heaven, who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, who doesn't have the Holy Spirit living within them, who doesn't have biblical wisdom or truth, doesn't have a church family to be able to help them to navigate, I will tell you there's a radical difference on how those two different people will face the, the shaking that happens. I'm, pr I'm primarily speaking to those of you who are following Jesus, who are, are locked into a good foundation. But if you're not locked into that good foundation, I want to challenge you. One of the greatest reasons to follow Jesus is because when you're following Jesus, there's not a storm that you'll ever go through that you don't go through with him. He said, I'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. It's one of the most incredible things that I've experienced in life, that walking through my life, no matter what I've faced, the beauty has been, there's never been a step I've taken where I didn't know beyond a shadow of a doubt, he is with me, he is for me, and he will help me. 
a truth that's just etched into my heart. And there's been lots of people in my life who have come and gone and family that I'm separated from over the miles. And there's been some family I've been separated, you know, through their passing on. And someday I'll pass on as well. And some of you will. And, and that will always be difficult. But as long as I'm here on earth and the promise of after this lifetime, I stand next to the creator of the universe and he has bought me he walks with me, and he's fighting for my best. So I invite you to say yes to Jesus, because navigating this life alone, man, I would never want to do it. I did it for 18 years, and I would never go back. So with that, shaking, though, is guaranteed. In this lifetime, I mean, when we talk about the life to come, as we step into the, king, the actual kingdom of heaven, uh, on the other side of eternity, all shaking will stop. We know that even, even every tear will be wiped away. There'll be no crying, there'll be no pain. But here on this earth, we still experience this no matter what. And it's revealed in Matthew 7, where Jesus describes a story about two different people, two builders. And we get this sense that they're building at the same time. They're building the same quality of a house. We have a sense that it's something magnificent. It really represents their life. These two carpenters begin to build, and they, they're, they're expert builders, but the difference between the two is that one builds his house locked into a rocky area where he anchors the foundation into the rock, and the other one builds a very similar structure, but in his, his process, he actually builds it on the beautiful beach right up front where the water's coming in, but he anchors into the sand. Now, in both of their cases, you'll notice that it says... The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. Not only these two houses, but all houses, the house of your life will experience the same rain falling, floods coming, winds blowing, beating on the house. Your life will be tested. And for those of you who are young, I would still bet you've experienced some of that, but you, you buckle up, you wait. There'll be some moments where all of life feels like it's going to spin off its axis. I, I, I don't know that I can really say that to our young people because after navigating through 2020 and 2021 in my lifetime, I've never really experienced anything like that. It was so bizarre. But I will say looking at the political landscape ahead and the world climate up ahead and some of the things that are falling into place, I used to read the book of Revelation about the end times and I used to think, how would that even happen? How, it's impossible for that to happen. And fast forward to 2023, I'm like, oh, that's how it will happen. Organizations like the World Economic Forum calling people, world leaders in together to get the countries to align for similar purposes. Uh, Pastor Andrew Kubala was here last week with us, and we were talking about the pandemic, and we were talking about the prime minister there of Australia when the pandemic began, made an announcement in all of Australia that we are not locking down and we are not going to, to in, encroach upon our people's rights and liberties. And how many of you know that as it turned out, Australia was one of the strongest lockdown nations that there was on the planet? I asked him, how did that go? How did that take place? He said, well, if you'll remember at the beginning of the pandemic, they gathered all of the leaders of all the nations together. And our leader came back and changed everything that he said and locked us down tight as a drum. And I'm like, what do you think happened in those meetings? Now, I won't get into what his answer was, but I smiled and I said, yes, I think you're spot on. I think that there's an agenda in the world that lines right up with the book of Revelation. I don't know that we're at the end times or not, but I'm finally seeing how 
without a certain mark, you cannot buy and sell no matter where you go. Are, are you? Yes. Nations are getting rid of their currencies and use, beginning to migrate towards one world currency and social credits and all of that type of thing. And that's not my message, uh, but I, I'm, just, I'm just saying it with a smile on my face. Buddy, there's some shaking going on, unlike any other time that I've ever seen. Now, the great thing is, I'm part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. I might experience a shaking, but my feet are locked on solid rock regardless of what happens. I don't know how I'll exit this world, become good, laying down in bed at night, falling asleep, and the angels coming, or it being bad and me suffering for my faith. I do know that the ground I stand on in the kingdom of heaven will not be shaken. Amen? And I have a Savior that will navigate with me through that. You know, David experienced an incredible shaking in his life over and over. King David, the one who's mentioned as being, having a heart after God. In fact, there's a mirror image. He's the Old Testament, an image of the coming Jesus in a lot of ways, although he was imperfect. Bible talks about this one point where he goes out to battle um, against some of his enemies. And when he comes back in 1 Samuel chapter 30, it says that he arrives back to his home village. And in the process... Another enemy has come in, has burned down his entire, all of his possessions, has taken his wives, his sons, his daughters, all of his possessions. And I mean, for him and his men arriving back on this scene, how many of you know that's an incredible shaking? I visited a friend of mine, got a call at about six o'clock in the morning. This is back in the late 90s, a youth leader in our church. His house caught fire. And when I got to, I raced out to his house. And when I got there, he was wandering around in a winter coat. This was like the month of maybe January, wandering around in a winter coat with boots on and his boxer shorts. The only thing left to his house was literally the foundation. We found a spot where he had a coin drawer in his kitchen that when the house burnt, it actually melted all of that metal in the coin jar together and was in a puddle on the floor in the concrete. A a Harley Davidson that had been parked in the garage, there was not a sign of its existence. He was so shaken. I, I was watching someone whose life was experiencing the wind of, of the gale force of the hurricanes that come against our life. And there will be moments like that that we experience. I have been in the waiting room with families when unexpectedly someone in the house was rushed to the hospital and everybody's waiting to hear the good report from the doctor and I've heard the bad report come that was unexpected. There was no sign of any issue. And I've stood there with a family as their wife is just blasted with this gale force that is not even comparable to anything really here on earth. David experienced something similar. And the Bible says it shook him so deeply that he began to weep. He had no more strength. Listen, it's okay to, to admit when you're experiencing a shake. In fact, I recommend it. I think it's highly cathartic. I think it's not faith to act like you're not being shaken. I know there's a right time and a right place to talk about it, and we all need to put our game face on it. But if you're going through a shaking, it's okay to admit it. This is a really tough time. Now, I would be careful about the levels of discussion you have with certain people, you don't want to have your five-year-old in the back of the car. We are facing economic ruin. We could lose everything. It might be expressed a little bit differently. Son, daughter, uh, we're not going to be able to go out and buy those toys we thought we were going to buy. Things are a little bit tight. 
And you have that discussion to explain what's going on, but you don't have to launch into the all, you know, the complete doom story. There's a right group, a right place, and a right people to talk with. But here, especially in the house of God, especially with your close friends, it's important that you share with people when you're going through a shaking. Amen? I've been able to navigate through some of the most difficult moments in my life because of the people, many of the people that have been in this room at different times, that have been there to encourage me, to help me, to pray with me. That's the beauty of having a church family. You don't have to walk in this place and act like, you know, everything is good and I am walking on water today and everything that I do, I'm such a successful Christian that, uh, hey, ah, turn your frown upside down. No, sometimes it's, it's a tough day. I love how transparent, for the most part, our church is and an appropriate level to be able to, the Bible says, share your burdens with one another. You don't have to carry them alone. You're not designed to carry them alone. The Bible does talk about cast your cares on him for he cares for you, but it does say to share your burdens with one another. You got somebody in this room that you can share your burden with? If you don't, it's probably because you're like this instead of like this. Lean forward into those relationships. Now, for David and his guys, they were so greatly distressed, they spoke of stoning him. Yay. You want to be the leader? I promise you, every leader experiences a moment like this. I won't even get into it. You just better be able to smile. They spoke of stoning him. Uh, but man, that, that shaking that he's experiencing will reveal some things that we'll see in just a moment. Um, you know, again, for uh, all of us, I think probably the pandemic was an incredible shaking time in our lives. For me, as a leader of a church that has a responsibility to the community, a, responsible, a responsibility biblically, a responsibility to lead no matter what opposition there are, where we live our lives according to the greatest law, which is the word of God, at times we'll find our, law, our, our, our governing law at odds with the social law in the world that we live, right? And we always honor our government until the moment it becomes contradictory to scripture, Right? Well, that's three of you who understand that. We, 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 God first, everybody else next. Amen? God's truth first, every other truth next. And there's been lots of martyrs throughout the generations who refused to reject their faith at gunpoint. God first, everything else second. Amen? The shaking will test really where your, where your relationship with God is. It really will. It's... It, We'll get to it, okay? But I think that during the pandemic, um, for me, what was really difficult was early on, I felt like we were living in a game of chess where there were people playing around with our lives, where rules were being made. After the initial understanding of what was going on, there were rules that were being made that were being contradicted about three, three days later. I mean, we couldn't gather as a church. Christians couldn't protest any type of lockdowns, and yet we can have riots in downtown Portland and burn buildings down, and, and that's okay, that's not dangerous. And so you begin to see some of those contradictions play out and you begin to realize there's a bigger thing at going on here. And to be able to, for me to have to try to lead and have a position on that when everybody has something at stake and has an opinion was incredibly difficult. And, you know, I just learned real quick, I've got to be true to my convictions in scripture because I'm not going to be able to make anybody happy, really. I don't know about you, but some of what I believed at the beginning changed halfway through. And if I had tried to make my own self happy, 
like it would have been very confusing. And so you no doubt have had a shaking time like that. And I've already mentioned the sources of shaking, so I won't repeat that. But what I will say is that if you're a discerning believer and you can narrow, it, narrow down the source of your shaking, it will really help you to kind of navigate better. I joke a lot when people will share news with me. I'm like, well, it's either God or the devil. Oh, well done, Sherlock. You are amazing in your skill set. And there's just sometimes we don't know, but as followers of Jesus, we hone in and we look and we pray and we discover. If you can figure out the source of the shaking, because some shaking needs to be resisted. I mean, when the enemy comes to shake your life, you need to stand your ground, resist the devil, and he will do what? He will flee along with the shaking. But if it's God bringing about a shaking, you want to submit to it. And so you don't want to submit to something the devil's doing, but you don't want to resist something that God's doing. And so learning to understand where you are in this experience with God and what he's trying to do becomes critical. And that's the beauty, again, of having spiritual leaders, people to help you to navigate. All at the end of the day, if you are going to be shaken, don't waste the shake, okay? I just got to get that. There is a moment here as you're experiencing shaking that can either launch you forward into what God has for you or you can, you can actually put down stakes and camp out in the shaking and be a victim of the shake for long periods of time. And I want to keep you from experiencing that. I know I've flirted with both. There have been moments where being shaken, I, I've not responded well, and it's, 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 it's caused me to limp forward and struggle to take ground. And there's other times where I've launched forward into that shaking, and, and it's like a speed bump, and you move on, and you learn the things that you need to learn. Uh, number one, uh, for, for the actual points of my message. I'll get through these. I'm, I, got, I got 17 minutes. Usually at this point, for those of you who don't know, I've normally got about two minutes and 30 seconds. This November fast has been awesome for me. Um, treat the shaking like a test. Just treat it like a test. Um, it's important to navigate forward but treat this moment like a test. I used to have a professor in Bible college who used to always say, you never know what's on the inside of a vessel until something happens to force it to come out. You can make all sorts of measurements, but that shaking or that pouring out or that tipping over, or the breaking of the vessel becomes the moment where what's on the inside gets exposed. It's not in fair weather. It's not while it's sitting on the shelf. It's not while it's in the, maybe in the, in your closet, you know, displayed so beautifully like a, like a prize. It's not in those moments where you can actually tell, the, tell what's on the inside. How many of you know that sometimes the label's wrong? Or sometimes the label is what was and not what is. I had been watching some, some presentation. I don't remember all the details now, but it was a man who had saved this prize wine that was hundreds of years old. And finally, when they opened it up, it had turned to vinegar. It had been worth like in the millions, they thought, for this one bottle, and what had happened to the inside was unknown, and the label no longer reflected what was on the inside. A good test pops a cork, shakes you around a little bit, and you're able to actually determine what's on the inside. Now, this is the thing you got to know. This is not a test so God can see what you're made of or what's actually going on in your life. This is a test so that you can figure out what's actually going on in your life. God doesn't need to test you to figure out what's on the inside. He already knows. So many of the times, the shaking will reveal to you whether or not the label you've been wearing matches up with what's really going on in there. 
I hate this part, but a good bump will, you know, somebody cuts you off on the freeway and your response will reveal, crack your knuckles with a wrench, have somebody not greet you in a way that you feel like is what you deserve. Have someone forget to recognize your achievement and give you your bobblehead. Why did, why did they get a bobblehead? I'm here more than they are. I'm more faithful than they are. No, uh, mm, mm, mm. How come she gets to lead that song? I got such a better voice. How come they were invited to, to do that giving message? What about me? That's, no, but no, that's a message for a different church, I'm sure, okay? <laughs> you never know what's on the inside until something happens to force what's on the inside to come out. And you need to know what's on the inside. So do I. Because, I mean, if you ask me at the snap of the finger, so, so what's going on? It's, oh, it's all good. Anointing and faith, forgiveness and love, celebrating others, hearts pure, everything's right, trusting God, great future ahead. Ah, I got a flat tire. What's going on? My wife, she probably did something. My children, somebody, that contractor left nails in my driveway. Here's an interesting portion of scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 11 through 15. It talks about the, that foundation that we talked about, the two guys who built different, the same house but on different foundations. Both experienced the wind, the rain, the floods, and all that. This is talking about your life as a follower of Christ. It says that foundation, that rock that we actually build our lives upon, when we step into relationship with God, the foundation is Jesus. The foundation is his word. And so that's why it says... No one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. So for those of you who are following Jesus, your foundation is the rock. But how many of you know there's still, it, building still requires good construction techniques, good quality materials, good foundational measurements, good, good structural thought? Um, it goes on to say, now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold and silver and precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. And if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a award. Now, this is talking about the end of your life and judgment. But how many of you know that fire burns occasionally even while we're still alive to test the quality of what we built? Goes on to say, if anyone's work is burned up, he'll suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. You're gonna experience the moments where your life is being tested by some fire, where you're wrongly accused, where you are wrongly dismissed from a position, where someone rejects you based on facts that they don't even know. You're going to get some emails. You're going to get some text messages. You're going to get some anonymous letters that come to you in your lifetime, making all sorts of, of, of measurements of your life. But the fire of God, he'll use these moments to test the quality of what you have been building. And again, it's so that not only can you see what is true in your life about how you're doing and what you're trusting in, but it's a great do-over moment where you're able to push the stuff to the side and step back into healthier building, healthier living, amen? It's a, it's a way of emptying out your backpack of 
garbage you've been loading. Hay might not be as heavy as gold, but it's heavy. And you might be stuffing your backpack with all sorts of hay, struggling under the loading. God's like, I got gold, but you can't carry it all. Let's burn that stuff up and reveal it for what it is because I want you to start adding some really good stuff to your life. How good, how, how generous is God that he would give us a pause and burn some of that stuff out to allow us to step into the better version of ourselves, amen? amen. Hebrews says, again, that that process, though, us being in the kingdom of heaven, this shaking will not shake our foundation. Again, sometimes I feel like, man, everything's gonna blow up and burn away. If I listen to too many political podcasts, oh my gosh, there's nobody good on this planet. They're all colluding against me. Some of you, maybe even my family, I don't know. It feels like everybody is demon-possessed and has an agenda, right? But we're reminded that, no, 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 you're in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And so we find great comfort in that. Uh, Next slide. Um, Allow the shaking to expose what your real trusts are. You know, about the moment, because we experience shaking in our relationships. Not any of you, but I experience shaking in my finances. I mean, you know, that, that tap gets decreased a little bit or uh, a revenue stream gets cut short or interest rates go from 2% to about 7.5%. Oh! I forget that when I started buying houses, they were at 7% and I was thankful to be able to buy a house. And I've been living in luxury at 2% and this great shaking that I'm experiencing is, no, it's, it's uh, actually not a shaking at all. I've just been living in, in green pastures for a very long time. However, the shaking is real for, for everyone and allow that shaking to expose your trust. The shaking will bring about some responses that will reveal who you trust, what you're relying on, who you're looking to. You'll see it real quick in your response and, and not that it should... Um, Not that it should condemn you, but it should challenge you to be able to now measure and see really where is my trust? Really, what am I relying on? You know, in the process, you're gonna discover that some are gonna lean into God or they're, and I'm talking about us, or you're gonna lean into replacements or addictions or whatever brings about pain relief in your life. Some of that will be actual pain relievers, medications or alcohol or pornography or gaming or whatever it is, that thing that you rely on to help you to check out of this, this shaking. I'm not saying that there's not moments for relaxation and there's moments for enjoyment that give us a reprieve just from the daily routine. But when the shaking happens, a lot of people, what's bizarre to me is that a lot of people during the shaking time run away from God. Even Christians at times, I'm like, where, where are you going? It's the wrong direction. Equally as frustrating as the Christians who run into God during difficult times, and as soon as he answers, they no longer need him. Be consistent. How many of you know in a marriage, you're gonna have great, wonderful days where you're loved beyond measure? Then it's gonna be some days you feel like you're tolerated. <laughs> and you should be lucky and say thank you, because it's true, Right? And in our walk with God, there's gonna be these great moments where it's all amazing and there's gonna be some moments where uh, it's, you know, the loving feeling's not there, but we stay consistent because we know the truth. He has given himself for me and I've given my life to him, amen? One of the greatest graces you can develop 
is the ability to control your skid. I preached a series on that years ago, but there's something remarkable about somebody who's being, going through a shaking and they refuse to allow collateral damage to build. It's David when you look at his life. He's lost all of his possessions, as have his men. At that moment, his men are talking about stoning him. He is, he's brokenhearted, and yet he doesn't lash out at them and yell at them and tell them, if it wasn't for me, you would have nothing. And he could have, because that's the truth. He didn't fight back. He didn't justify the situation. Man, that shaking did something in that moment where he didn't lean into a replacement. He didn't call for a soothsayer or a fortune card reader. He leaned forward, and the Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. It's remarkable. I want to challenge you, if your immediate reaction is to run off and do things that are not helpful, it could be that the reason why you're going through this shaking is to learn that your trust is not really in God, although that's what you say. Anybody you've ever been there? Oh, I trust God. Oh, but let some big bill show up and suddenly giving to God is, I'm no longer trusting God with my finances. I got to trust me. Oh, I got to trust me. Ain't nobody else showing up to help me. I got to trust me. God, I, I, I come first. And you begin to like adjust your generosity because you forget that God provided it all in the beginning. And your truth is your trust really isn't in God. It's in your money. That's what we have on the American dollar bill. In God we trust one of the biggest lies we tell ourselves. For the most part, you know, trusting God with our finances in this nation, my Lord, the track record bears that out. Now, you hopefully are trusting in God with your finances. But allow that shaking to happen. And people will lean into God or they'll lean into other idols. People will lean into God or they will blame. It's a real quick thing that wants to happen when something Terrible shakes your life. There's got to be, the enemy has to be defined and we need to go to war against the enemy and I blame them and we begin to build this, this argument how we're the victim. David did none of that. I mean, can you see how remarkable his response is? Man, there are several moments that I just do not admire David's behavior. But there are several moments where his behavior is amazing. People are talking of stoning him, and he encourages himself in the Lord. And what's amazing about that, the leader that he is, he, I think he actually recognizes, I'm leading people, and I'm struggling right now, and if I don't, if I don't uh, deal with this, this shaking correctly, it impacts the people who are following me. Yeah. Mom, Dad, you need to win your shaking because it's going to impact your children. You're actually living out what a shaking looks like so that your child can follow suit when they follow behind. Leader in the church, as you're being shaken and as you're transparent about it, the, the value of your public shaking or, or your transparent shaking becomes the teaching moments for the people you are discipling in your world. And David encourages himself in the Lord, and the Bible says in the next few verses, it rallied the men behind him, and they came together back as one. They, look, a shaking will pull your eyes momentarily off, your, uh, off of Jesus. But come on, if you're gonna really take advantage of the shake, 
If you're not going to miss the opportunity, you quickly fix your eyes back on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, for your sake, but for the sake of everyone else who's watching what you do. It's a beautiful picture when you re redial in and the people around you are like, oh gosh, listen, that's inspiring. That caused his men to want to fight on his behalf when they were just going to kill him. You wonder why, why people around you are against you. Maybe it's because of how you're handling adversity and you're playing the blame game and then it's rippling into all those relationships. I would challenge you, fix your eyes on Jesus and begin to stir yourself up in the Lord and it will change the temperature in the room. It just will. It's not a failure to recognize the reality that you're going through is shaking. It's just you're turning your rudder in the direction you wanna go. You are saying, I'm being shaken and I am facing opposing winds, but when you study sailing, you will discover that you can tack against an opposing wind and still make it to the proper destination. Somebody who lacks that wisdom will end up shipwrecked backwards, but an expert sailor, Jordan, how am I doing here? An ex expert sailor man, okay, named Popeye with big forearms who eats spinach, he will navigate forwards and arrive at destinations with everyone who's on board with him. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. Okay, allow the shake to, stand with me, allow the shake to expose your trust. It's the final one. Um, you know, uh, Samuel, when he experienced the wind of, of shaking come across his life, where it really attacked him was in his insecurity. And it really caused him to go the wrong direction. And he allowed the wind to push him into bad places and it began to develop a bitterness and an insecurity with others in his life that ended up becoming the end of his kingdom. In fact, he lost just about everything to the next king who happened to be David because he, he just, when, when the shaking began to happen, he didn't trust God and he ran into all of the wrong things. But one thing that we, we definitely learned from both of these men, and it should be your encouragement, is that if you're wise, you will allow the shake to perfect you. That regardless of where the source is coming from, that the shaking that you're experiencing, if you can dial in and focus, Lord, I pray that in this shaking, you will allow the things that should not be a part of my life to fall away. The, the possessions, the things I'm participating, the habits, the thought processes. God, I invite you to shake what can be shaken so that it's removed, so that what should remain does remain. It will allow you to get back to the basics and have better priorities. It will allow your travel to be smoother because you'll have less baggage that's not necessary. How many of you, you've gone out to your garage and realized, I don't need this garbage? How many of you have ever moved and when you moved, you moved more stuff that was in the garage to the new garage and all stuff that was not necessary ever? Is it just me? Okay, it's Shane. It's a couple of us. It allows that baggage to be cleared out. Some of the stuff, the debris that's built up in your heart, attitudes that should not be there, entitlements. Do you know who I am? Yeah, I know who you are. Son of, uh, a son of the living God, nothing more. 
saved by grace, beautiful in his eyes and in our eyes as well, but not entitled. It's by the grace of God, right? You'll hate this verse. Count it all joy, my brothers. How many, it's, you'll, hate, it's, you'll hate this verse because it stinks. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Thank God for your shaking. This is, this is more for you than it is for me. Enjoy this. For you know, here's the key, for you know that the testing of your faith or the shaking will produce something. It produces a better version of you if you handle it correctly. Let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfected and complete, lacking nothing. The way to get to strength is resistance, shaking. Final verse, Romans 8, 28, 29. For we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Does not say that all things work out good. All things work together for good. Um, Sandpaper doesn't feel good if the wood could talk back. But the sandpaper provides a better outcome than what exists naturally and on its own. And God at work in your life, removing some things can be painful, but it produces a better thing. So we understand that God works all things together, even shaking for good. Even when the enemy attacks, God can redeem the enemy's attack and work it for your better. Look at Job's life. His life, it was a shaking beyond any measurement, and yet on the far side, look at what was the outcome, amen? It goes on to say, for those who are called according to his purpose, which you are, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that we might, he might be the firstborn among many brothers. You can go ahead and take this. Okay, we're gonna pray. All right, don't waste a good shaking. Some of you already said, I'm going through a shaking. Don't waste it. Also, don't prolong it. Do not prolong it. Don't dig in and lean back. Say, God, what do you want me to learn from this? I say yes to you and allow yourself to be propelled forward. Amen? Amen. Amen. With your head bowed, okay? Let me just share this thought with you. Some of you in this room, uh, you're not fully anchored on the rock. You're living your life. You're building your house. You're dreaming about all the good things that God has in the future maybe, but you're not fully anchored on the rock, which is Jesus. He came to not only die for your sin, but he came to give his life so that he could be your firm foundation no matter what we face. And until you say yes to him, you'll, you'll either be standing in just complete sand, and I promise you when the testings come, that's not gonna work out well, or you might find yourself trying to, trying to navigate one leg in the sand and one leg not, one leg on the rock. And you're gonna find that's gonna tear your building in half. I wanna invite you this morning, if you're here in this house and you've yet to make your profession of faith, you've yet to say yes to Jesus, I wanna invite you to begin to follow him today. And we're gonna just say a simple prayer and I wanna invite you to be able to do that. I wanna know who I'm praying for though. I wanna help you to step across that line, not be theoretical, but today to be the practical day where you said, you know what? I don't want shifting sand, I want the rock and I want the word of the rock in his name is Jesus, amen? So if that's you today and you want me to pray for you, I'm not gonna actually have you come forward, but I do wanna see your hand so that I can know how to pray. If you need to say yes to Jesus, whether it's the very first time in your life or you're kind of halfway kind of trying to straddle or, or for some reason you've stepped off the rock, just go ahead and raise your hand and I'll go ahead and pray for you today, okay? All right. Okay, let's pray for everyone here. Father, I thank you so much for your word in this house, in this family, 
I thank you, Jesus, that our eyes are fixed on you and that you are building us into the people that you desire us to be, that we can be, that we get to be. And it's a beautiful thing. Lord, we walk through real circumstances and real situations, and there are times when things are added that are just wood, hay, and stubble, and they're really not a value add, and we don't realize it. But Lord, we thank you for your shaking that allows us to be faster, quicker, more nimble, and more, more dialed in to the real focus of what this thing is all about, serving you, loving others, and bringing others into eternity. Father, I pray for those who are going through the shaking that comes from the hand of the wicked one or an opponent or just circumstance of life. Lord, help them not to waste the shake. Help them to lean forward to experience the perfecting work of your son. God, I pray a blessing over everyone in this room. I pray that you'll help us to carry one another's burdens, not just in this room today, but outside of this room, that there's prayer requests shared and there's prayers made for one another and there's times of getting together to encourage and pray that we can do our life together and help to carry one another's burdens. Pray a blessing over your church and over your people. Father, it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone said amen and amen. Give the Lord a big hand. Thanks for being with us today. Be sure to like and subscribe and visit us at c3swwa.com for more information about our church. 